bow our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, in the midst of this season of Easter, we are mindful of the of the gift of life that you give to us in and through your Son, our Savior, Jesus. And we pray that you would help us by your Spirit to live and to walk in this gift and empower us to share this gift with the sinful and fallen world in which we live. Give us the strength, the courage, and the willingness to speak the plain truth of the gospel as we go about our lives each day. In Jesus' name, amen. In our gospel lesson today, Jesus is in the temple area in the colonnade of Solomon, and he's confronted by the Jews who are gathered there, and they, they demand of him that he tell them plainly whether or not he is the Christ. And Jesus answered, I've told you. I've told you, but you just don't want to believe. It's the world today, isn't it? The world just doesn't want to believe the truth. And yet we know that the truth remains the truth no matter what the world thinks because the one who defines the truth is Christ himself. After all, it is Christ who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father apart from me. Paul understood that. Paul, after his conversion and years of preparation and reflection, goes on his missionary journeys. And, and today in our lesson from Acts, he's kind of recounting some of the history of, of his ministry. And he says... You yourselves know how I lived among you from the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plot of the Jews. Well, what do we learn? First of all, that when you begin to share the gospel and you speak the gospel truth plainly, that there is going to be an impact. There's going to be an impact on those who hear, and there's going to be an impact on the one who shares. On those who hear, the impact is one of, we don't want to hear this. We don't want to listen to this. And on the one who's telling, the reaction is because they don't want to hear, they're going to do everything they can to shut you up. Paul calls it trials 
He calls it tears. And if we go back and we look carefully at what's happened, we realize that Paul, in many ways, is understating the things that has happened to him. He was stoned. He was imprisoned. He was beaten. He was shunned. He was tossed out of various towns and villages and places. He was brought by the Jews in front of governing authorities and falsely accused. He suffered greatly because he spoke the plain truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we read on, we begin to understand Paul's mindset. I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable. And teaching you in public and from house to house. Testifying to both Jews and to Greeks. We might ask ourselves, what is that that is profitable that Paul is teaching? Well, he tells us, first of all, it is the whole idea of repentance. It is that idea of recognizing our sinful condition, our sinful flesh and who we are in our rebellion against God and calling us to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Repent and believe. Believe in the good news of salvation that Christ won for each and every one of us and as Paul would say it, each and every one of you on a cross put to death there to make payment for your sins. That's what's profitable. We can chase after the riches and the wealth of this world, but that ultimately gains us nothing. What is profitable is to recognize the plain truth about ourselves and who we are apart from Christ and our need for Christ in our lives. And so Paul begins to talk to them about their faith in Christ and coming to Christ and what it means then to live by faith. To have faith in Jesus Christ means to not be afraid of the things of this world. Paul recounts how he's getting ready to go up to Jerusalem and he says, and I love this word, he says, constrained by the Spirit. That means he is held by the Spirit in a way that he has no choice but to do what the Spirit is guiding him and leading him to do. He has been led by the Spirit throughout his years of ministry, and now he is being constrained by the Spirit to go to the very place where his life is forfeit. That's what he believes. I'm going to Jerusalem constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. Now, what a job description. Spirit says, I want you to go over there to Tarsus. I want you to go to Ephesus. I want you to go to Philippi. I want you to go to Thessalonica. And just before he gets to each and every place, the Spirit goes, by the way, when you enter the city, you're going to suffer. Well, sign me up. (laughs) 
Can you imagine? Paul is told this by the Spirit in every place, and yet Paul does not shrink from declaring, as he said earlier. Hold on to that thought. Because you see, as Paul continues to talk about testifying to the gospel of Jesus Christ, he reminds us that as the church continues to grow and flourish, there are going to be those who seek to destroy the church even from within, taking the simple, plain truth of the gospel and acting like wolves in sheep's clothing and distorting it and trying to destroy it, trying to draw people away from that simple truth. And how challenging it is at times for us to hold on to that truth. And yet, the wolf is sometimes very, very subtle in how he works. Why do I say that? Because Paul sets the example for us. He lays out the gospel that he preached. He talks about being a witness, a witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ and not shrinking from the task and the purposes, even knowing that we might pay the price. But the wolf has snuck in. Here's the wolf. Hold on tight to your faith. You know what you believe. You don't really need to share it because everybody's entitled to believe what they want to believe. You know, if you share your faith, people might make fun of you. And so just kind of keep it to yourself. You know what happens if you step outside your house and you're actually obvious about your faith? People are going to revile and persecute you. You're going to suffer. They're going to say bad things about you. You might lose your job or your friends or even your family. Just keep your faith to yourself and you'll be okay. That's how the wolf works. The wolf has Christians everywhere. Locked into that fear of sharing the faith. So we sit, but we don't speak. We live, but we don't share. We come together for worship and we sing our songs of praise. And then we live the rest of the week like the world. We are called 
to witness. And witnessing begins with being led by the Spirit. Knowing that we have the Spirit of Christ in our hearts and in our lives and being willing to let the Spirit guide us in the things that we do and say. To listen to the voice of the Spirit in our lives and to pay attention to where the Spirit takes us. And in order to to understand that about the Holy Spirit, we really need to begin with the whole idea of spending that preparatory time in prayer. And part of that prayer needs to be, Lord, guide me to the opportunities. Lead me by your Spirit to the things that you would have me to do and to say, to the places that you would have me to go, and to the people with whom you would have me to share. Because there's a dying world out there. There's a hurting world outside of these walls. There are people who need to know that they are loved by God. And as Jesus would remind us, how are they to hear if there is no one to tell them? And how beautiful are the feet of those who share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In that call to witness, we are not being called to be someone we are not, but rather we are being called to be authentic in our Christian faith, authentic in our lives, authentic to those to whom we share. That Christianity itself needs to be authentic to the world, that we proclaim not ourselves or our church or, or anything in that way, but we proclaim Christ and him crucified for the forgiveness of our sins. To ask the questions of people, do you know why Christ died for you? Les, do you know why Christ died for you? Can you tell me? You're a sinner. <laughs> We're all sinners. What? Agape. He loves you. I know that's hard to believe, Jerry, that people would love you. He loves each and every one of us. And he loves the people in this world who don't even know they're loved. To be authentic in our witness of Christ is to share our own vulnerabilities, our own fears of this world, our own faults and failures. And to remind people that we have a Savior who died for us and who loves us and who has opened heaven for us. We hear those words in the gospel lesson. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. There isn't a power in this world that can take and destroy your faith in Jesus Christ. Yes, they may take your physical life, but they cannot touch your eternity. Whom shall we fear? 
We walk forward in all boldness. Like Paul, not shrinking from declaring to this world that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he suffered and died for the sins of each and every individual who has ever lived and who will ever live in this world. Like Paul, we know the response of the world. It's going to try to shut us up and to destroy us. But we, like Paul, find our courage and our strength in the very Spirit and the very Lord who calls us to faith and who guides us. And so the simple, plain truth is this. Do we dare to be disciples? Do we dare to walk in the path that he lays before us day and night, day after day, not worried about the world or the silver or the gold of this world, but rather ministering to those around us so that they know that they are loved by their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? In all these things, Paul writes, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to be a disciple and to walk in the strength of our Lord in this world, in the courage of the Holy Spirit. It is more blessed to give the words of the gospel to the lives of people who are perishing, to live our faith. Dare to do it. Live in the courage. Walk by the Spirit and pray and witness and share. Be authentic to the world. Don't cover up your faith, but let people see it shine. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.